Welcome. You've discovered the world it's ass. microphone on your uh, earbuds again yeah yeah i don't have i don't own any microphones anymore. okay sounds like you're eating a bag of chips so that's why i was wondering oh really yeah i think that's okay actually i think that's my beard <laughs> oh <laughs> hang on i've moved the microphone go shave your beard and come back <laughs> does that does that sound better yeah okay <laughs> it sounds a lot less dorito-y i'll say that <laughs> <laughs> okay I was gonna make sure I keep the the mic away from my from the beard. Um, okay. <laughs> didn't have that problem before though. No, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> hmm. And I mean, it's possible I just didn't notice, but that was that was. Well, I don't know. You that that happened before, like the first time we recorded, like after you came back here or whatever. Wasn't that wasn't that it? There One was, of these times we. Yeah, there was some issue with it, like. Yeah. hitting the table or something a coffee table or something i don't remember but yeah um either way it's it's not um, you know it's it's still kind of there but not terrible it, it doesn't matter we can't really do anything about it unless you literally do go shave or buy a microphone so <laughs> right one of the two so yeah i think we left off last time we left off right before bottom ball i think I right think we covered cm reap mm-hmm. um so yeah, after CM Reap, I took a bus to Bottombong, and uh, I didn't spend real long there. But uh, the two things I wanted to do is I wanted to go to the well, I wanted to go to the caves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the Bat Cave, and then there's like uh, the, what they call the Killing Cave, which was another uh, another killing field of the Khmer Rouge, mm-hmm. uh, but it's in the same location. Um, so when I got there, the day I got there, I called up this tuk-tuk driver. I'd actually gotten a number from, uh, these girls that I'd met in Phnom Penh and they had just, I mean, I'm sorry, in Sea Reap. And they had mm-hmm. just come from Batambang and they were telling me about the caves and stuff. And like, well, call up this guy. He's like a tour guide and he's, you know, a decent price and he'll, he'll show you around. Really cool guy. So I called this guy up, uh, told him I wanted to go to the caves the next day. Uh, and I told him, you know, I wanted to have enough time to see the caves, but then also get to the bat cave, uh, mm. right before sunset. Um, so he's like, okay, well I'll pick you up at three 30. So next day he picks me up at three 30. Um, we drive out to the caves. Uh, we hike up the mountain. Like he comes with me too. Um, and like shows me the temple up there and then takes me to the, the killing caves, which, um, so it was actually a lot smaller than I thought just from looking at the pictures and stuff. But, um, mm. there's, you hike up uh, to the top of the hill and there's like, it's pretty much like a big cavern, like a big mm. hole in, um, in the mountain. And this is where the Khmer Rouge brought a lot of the people up to, um, dispose of them. Um, mm. and pretty much just threw them in this hole. Um, if you hike down, you can get into the cave, like down into the cave. Um, and there's like a little memorial there, um, for the victims. Um, and then, uh, from there we hiked up to the very top of the mountain and there's like we got this uh, 
really nice vista of Battambang. Uh, it's actually pretty flat all around, except for like this one mountain we're on and the one in the distance. So mm-hmm. because it's so flat, you could just see for uh, forever. It was an amazing view. Um, so I snapped some photos up there. And then we hiked back down to the bottom of the mountain to where the, the bat cave is. And so every every day, like just before sunset, um, like thousands upon thousands of bats start swarming out of this cave, like to go out for their, their nightly feast. Um, and apparently it's like almost a million bats that, that live in this cave. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, I took some pictures, I took some video, but it just doesn't do it justice. Like seeing it in person is just amazing. I mean, it's just this endless swarm of bats like yeah. screwing out of this, this, this big hole in the mountain, uh, you know, just flying off into the sky, you know, into dusk. Um, really amazing thing to see. Yeah. Um, Didn't you post a video of that or something? I did. Yeah. And like I say, yeah, okay. you know, you can kind of see it, but it just, it doesn't, it does not do it justice. Yeah. Um, so that was just, that was all I did in Bontembong, but the, the city itself is pretty small. Um, uh, you know, I rode a bicycle around and just kind of saw the city the day before, but uh, there's not a, not a whole lot to be said except for the for the caves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I was on to Phnom Penh. So after Battambang, uh, I jumped on the bus. Um, very cramped bus. I mean, it was a big bus. It was like a big, normal-sized bus. But um, I'd booked the ticket through my guest house, and she said there was one at 9.30, and so she gave me the ticket when I checked out. And mm-hmm. I, I caught a tuk-tuk to the bus station, got to the bus station, um, went to give the lady my ticket, and she, she, was, she looked at me weird and looked at the time. And I was like, 9.30 to Phnom Penh, right? And she's like, she's like no, there is no 9.30. I was like, what? Uh-huh. She's like, no, 11 o'clock. I'm like, 11 o'clock? It's like, oh, man. So I was like, but I was like, they sold me a ticket for 9.30. And she's like, no, there is no 9.30. I was like, God oh, damn it. Uh, I was like. <laughs> you got fucked. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, uh, I was like, all right. So I just went and sat down. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to wait here till 11 o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. So then this other bus pulled up, and it was sitting there for a while. People got off and uh, stretching their legs and stuff. And it was said it was headed to Phnom Penh. And right before it leaves, like people start getting back on, the lady comes over to me and she's like, Phnom Penh? I was like, yeah. And she's like, you can get on this bus. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And this is like 1030 maybe? She's like, okay. you can get on. I was like, this bus? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So like I, I, she walks onto the bus with me and the bus is packed. And on the mm-hmm. front two seats, there's a man and like his like eight-year-old boy. And she's like, you can sit there. And she points to where the little boy is. And I'm uh-huh. like, what? <laughs> And she, then she says something to the guy in, in Khmer, and the guy like picks up his son and sits him on his lap, and then I take the uh-huh. son's seat. I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm just like, oh jeez. Uh, but after like yeah, after six hours, I finally get to Phnom Penh, uh, checking into my hostel, and I decide to to book the to do the Killing Fields tour and S21. Mm-hmm. Um, like as a combined tour and I just book it through the hostel cause it, it was, it cost a little more if I probably than if I went and got a tuk tuk driver myself and did it all on my own. But I figured just for the sake of ease, I'll, I'll book it through the hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you, you sign up and it's like there's four slots per tour. So like three other people ended up signing up. So um, ended up going out the next day on this tour with um, like three other people. Um, and so we went to the Killing Fields first, which is farther outside of the capital, maybe a half hour ride. Um, mm. And so we go there, we get the, there's like an audio guide um, that you can get. And it's, I knew it was going to be difficult going and seeing this stuff. Um, yeah. But it was a little more detached or a little more removed than I thought it was going to be because you're in, you know, you're in the area where the, the original killing fields were. Um, mm. But you're walking around with this audio guide and there's signs up telling you, okay, well, this was like, there was a building here that, you, that was like used for holding when they first got in. And, you know, this is where all the trucks pulled up with the people. And, um, but there, there's nothing really left. It's just, but there's, but signs telling you kind of what happened here and you walk along the trail and it's like, okay, there's a building here, but all that stuff's gone. So it was, um, I don't know. I guess it was a little more removed than I uh, thought it was going to be. Like you're just, you're reading the signs you're listening to the audio. Uh, I mean, it was still tough, uh, but, um, it wasn't quite as tough as I thought it was going to be. Um, I mean, there's definitely parts where they have it kind of roped off and, um, I guess during the rainy season, uh, rainy season, uh, when the ground gets saturated, um, bones will actually still float up to the surface, um, that they still collect. Um, but being the the height of like the dry season, it was just, I mean, you're just looking at dirt. There's, there's really was nothing there. Um, there was a couple of little cases they had some bones in and stuff. And then, at the end of the tour, there's like a big, uh, stupa, like a big temple, uh, that's been erected like, um, as a mo- memorial. And in that you walk in that and there is like, there's a bunch of glass cases and, and, a, and a bunch of skulls and stuff. Um, so that was the most visual, um, part of the killing fields, um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, just seeing it. Um, but, uh, so then we moved on to S 21, which is, uh, was the, um, detention camp or a detention center. Um, it used to be a high school and it was turned into the detention camp. Um, when, when the Khmer Rouge took over. So this is where they sent everybody, um, like before, before they sent them off to the killing fields, this is where they, if they felt like somebody was a threat to the new regime, they would bring them to this place and uh, torture them until they, they talked or until they died. Um, this place for me was harder than the killing fields itself because everything's still there. The buildings are still there. Uh, mm-hmm. The beds are still in the room with the shackles on them. Um, and yeah, everything's still standing like it was back then. Um, so that was really tough. Um, there was an audio guide that we did as well. Um, but like halfway through, I just started, I, I had to like start skipping some of them, um, some of the chapters in the audio guide. Uh, yeah. it was, it was just like too much. Um, uh, and then there's also like a ton of photos. Uh, the Khmer Rouge took a, a bunch of photos of their detainees and stuff. So, I mean, there's all these photos up on the wall of, of the people who, who went through this, mm-hmm. um, prison. Um, so yeah, that, that, that to me, like I, I was a little unexpected that uh, it was kind of reversing mm-hmm. what I thought. I thought the killing fields would be tougher and, but yeah, the, the prison was, was really bad. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyways, that, that was, you know, took about, I think we spent like two and a half hours at each place. Um, and then headed back to the hostel. Um, 
that's pretty much all I did in Phnom Penh. I mean, that was the whole reason I went there was 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 to do those. Um, and uh, I planned to move south after that. Um, I already knew that going to Phnom Penh was going to be tough, so I kind of scheduled that I would go south after that to, towards like uh, the beaches and you know island, go to the island mm. at that point just to kind of have uh, you know some nature and and kind of decrease right. from that whole thing. Uh, yeah. So. That, that was the plan. So after Phnom Penh, I headed south. So after leaving Phnom Penh, I headed south, uh, stayed in a place called Sihanoukville, which is on the, co- the southern coast. Not a whole lot there. It's kind of a resorty, beat town, touristy place. Uh, I just spent a couple nights there, but it was mainly uh, the main purpose was to get there. So I catch the ferry to Koh Rong Sam Lom, um, which is an island off the coast. Uh, mm-hmm. So not much to speak about in Sihanoukville. Um, headed, uh, grabbed the ferry to Koh Rong. So there's two islands off the coast. There's Koh Rong and Koh Rong Sam Lom. And everybody had told me about these islands. And uh, from the more and more I talked to people, Koh Rong, the big island, was just very built up, very touristic, uh, mm. kind of a party island. Um, and also I started hearing that a lot of people were getting sick uh, there. Uh, yeah, and it, apparently it turned out to be like a sewage problem or something, kind of dumping into the water or some shit. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I, I opted not to go to the big island. I was like, I'm going to go to Sam Loam, which is a really small island and uh, less touristic, um, less built up, um, a lot less built up. Uh, the part of the island mm-hmm. I ended up staying on, uh, I stayed on this little resort. Um, that part of the island has electricity only from 6 p.m. to midnight uh, because oh, they, run wow, off, okay. <laughs> they run off a generator power. Um, and no Wi-Fi, of course. Um, mm. so it's, yeah, you're very disconnected when you're there. Uh, but I was like, okay, that's, that's something I want. So yeah. grabbed the ferry, went to Sam Loam, uh, checked into my resort. Um, they have bungalows and stuff, which are kind of pricey, but they, they actually have a dorm, uh, which has like 20 beds and it was like $5 a night. Uh, so that's what I did. Um, and you, eh, the beach there is just freaking beautiful the water's this clear turquoise like beautiful um and 20 minute walk down the beach and then through a path in the jungle and you can get to a little fishing village um uh where there's a couple like locally owned restaurants um a couple guest houses and stuff like that a fishing pier and a really cool little little island um I went planning only to be there for like two days before moving on, and I ended up spending like five days there. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was great. I didn't do much, but just kind of just read all day, hung out on the beach, went hiking, stuff like that. Um, mm. And uh, it was cool to be just disconnected from email and Facebook and Instagram and all that, and just not even be able to check it if I even if I wanted to. Right. Um, yeah. So that was nice, and um, so. I met some people like in my dorm, um, and we hiked uh, across the island. It's like a maybe a twenty minute hike uh, across the island, and then you reach a little uh, this other little village, <clears throat> and then there's this inlet of water, and then across mm-hmm. the inlet is another part of the island because the island is kind of horseshoe shaped. Yeah, so we walked across the island and then to this village, and then there's this little inlet of water, 
and you can see the other side of the island, other part of the, the horseshoe, and there's like a hostel over there. Um, and so what we did is we paid, we paid this fisherman to take us across the inlet, mm-hmm. and we got to the other hostel, had lunch there, um, and then uh, one of the girls like met a friend of hers who was staying at that hostel, and she told us about this hike over the over this other hill or mountain or whatever you want to call it through the jungle. Mm-hmm. And you can end up on the other side of the horseshoe, like the very other side of the island. And there is yep. uh, supposed to be there's this beach called Saracen Beach, which was supposed to be really beautiful. Um, mm. So she told us about that, and um, so um, we decided to. Uh, well, we had lunch there, and then we decided to to find this um, this trail. So we hiked over to the other side of the island. Eventually, after find it took us forever to find the trail. Um, mm. but we got to the other side and as soon as we get to the other side, it's like just resorts like all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, and the beach there is like really not that beautiful. It's just like all rocky and crappy. And we're just like, what mm. the hell is everybody talking about? But we're like, Oh, whatever. So we, we, we decided just to like kind of walk along the beach for a while. We walked for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes and we finally found Saracen beach and it was actually really beautiful. And like, it, mm. you know, there's resorts everywhere, but it, the beach was so big and so wide uh, that it was spread out. It wasn't crowded. You could find your own stretch of beach. And, um, again, again, the water was just beautiful. So, um, hung out there for a while, hiked back. And at that point, when we got back to the, to mad monkey hostel, which was, uh, where we had lunch there, you know, there's really no, it was getting late. There was maybe like, it was maybe like 5 PM. So there's no fishermen around or anything that we could like pay to take us back across the inlet. But luckily, yeah. it was low tide, so we just ended up wading back across this inlet um, mm-hmm. away. Um, that deepest, it got to like chest high, but mostly it was like waist high. Uh, yeah. People had told us before that you could walk across it if it was low tide, so we were like, okay, well, we'll just walk across. It's actually kind of funny. I'm looking at it on uh, Google Maps right now. Strangely enough, that that island has like five little spots where you can drop the uh, Street View guy uh-huh. in. But not you can't move around. It's just a panorama shot from where this little location is. But you can clearly see people wading through the what you're talking oh, about. Really? You know, yeah, that's, it's interesting. That's funny. I have to I have to check yeah. that out. Yeah, it's strange. I've never seen that where it's just like one little blue spot where you can drop the guy and look. You know. Yeah. But it gives you a nice panorama of in in that bay that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it was it's just such a cool island. A lot of hiking. Like, so you go into the fishing village, that's a really cool little area. Um, and, you know, at night at our resort, we, they'd have like a bonfire or whatever um, in the evening and then on the beach. And then at, um, so at midnight, the generator cuts off and there's no power. All the lights in the resort go on and it's just like usually super dark. Um, mm-hmm. And usually what people would do is they'd go out swimming uh, with the plankton, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all the bioluminescent bio- plankton down there. So Mm -hmm. if it's dark enough, you can go swimming and like, you know, as you swimming through the water, moving your hands, like you see all these little green sparkles and stuff. Um, so we went out one night, um, and, but the, the, unfortunately the moon was, was almost full at this point. So it was still really bright. So you couldn't really see anything. Um, uh, one of the girls suggested like, well, let's swim under the dock, under the pier. And like that at least kind of shade, give us a little bit shade from the moon uh you could mm. see it a little bit under there um but it wasn't like you know it wasn't you couldn't really see it that well so i was a little disappointed um yeah later on that night though um like clouds rolled in so i went back out for a swim and and you could see it a little better 
um, still wasn't as great as what, you know, like everybody was saying. Um, so I was a little disappointed. I was like, man, I, I really still want to do that, but like on a much better night. So there's uh, a couple from Canada, uh, Bill and Mary, and they were like volunteering or working there at the resort. They've been there for a couple weeks. Uh, but one night, we're, uh, a few of us are at the bonfire, and, and Bill and Mary come out, and they're like, "They're like, hey, when the when the generator goes out tonight, we're going to go fishing with with some of the locals. Mm-hmm. There's some local guys that work there at the resort. Um, this one guy that everybody calls Captain for some reason, <laughs> but he, he's not really a Captain. <laughs> um, so him and like two other local guys, and then Bill and Mary and myself and this guy named Sam and, and Annie, we all went out fishing with them. So it's what it is is. everybody just wades out to about waist deep water, uh, which is actually pretty far out. And captain and the other guys like just string out this like semicircle net. Um, Mm -hmm. and then have the rest of us like running back, back and forth along the, uh, the edge of the net, the open end of the net. And pretty much you're just, you got to make as much like commotion as possible to scare the fish into the net. Oh, okay. um, and then they then they wrap the net, you know, into a circle and, and, uh, then you kind of start pulling it together and you collect all the fish um, yeah. So it was. It was actually. It was a really interesting uh, experience. Uh, yeah. And uh, and this guy, Captain, man, he he's got like the the greatest laugh I've ever heard. And, like it's just infectious. And like <laughs> so, as we're doing all this, like he's just cracking up. Like I don't even know why, but he's just always cracking up. And it's just like we we just couldn't help but laugh. It was just like man, it was such a it's <laughs> such a fun experience, man. And I mean, you know, like they. Him and the other guys speak a very little English, and of course, we, mm-hmm. the rest of us know very little Khmer. But uh, I don't know. But it was still like you know, you could still communicate, and it was still like just an amazing time. So yeah, that was that was Sam Loam, Kurong Sam Loam. Um, like I said, I spent five days there, and it was just oh, it was great. You can find us online at www.chipjohnsonfilm.com. Click the tab for the world it's ass. We are also available on iTunes. Just search for us there. We'd greatly appreciate if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed us. You can reach us via email at twiapodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us comments, complaints, concerns, and constructive criticism. Our theme music, Fuzzboxer, performed for us by the lovely Sarah Gregory. We'll be back with more stories of the world it's ass. Can you say bye? Bye. Go shave your beard and come back. (laughs)